And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Coming to you live from Top of the Cage, it's Bill and Juice for this year's KG Awards, where we... <laughs> I was like, the award show or SNL? <laughs> I, it's an award show, it's an award show. It's the second annual KG, so thank you for clicking on this episode. Hopefully that intro didn't drive you away. And yes, it is our second year doing our end of year review of the year 2022 for professional wrestling with the KGs. And as Juice walks off set, because we're doing it live, people, we are here to bring you what we think was the best of the best of 2022. And I think, Juice, that scarf that you're wearing is a good indicator of some of the good things we saw in 2022 for professional wrestling. Yeah, we're doing a award show. I got a little kind of dapper, so I had to get my scarf. I had to get my uh, Burberry MGF scarf. Speaking of MGF, if you didn't know, MGF is a man who wrestles, which leads us to our first award, male wrestler of the year. Um, Mine's not MGF, as awesome as he was. Uh, Mine is someone who... Became part-time at the end, but still has had so many classics throughout the year. Just great storylines. One of the biggest draws in wrestling right now. It is the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Um, What's that, two years in a row? <laughs> yeah, we the ones. Yeah. And I, I just want to say I agree with you so we can continue this discussion. I also am picking Roman Reigns for my best male wrestler of the year. You cannot be a champion, a double champion for that matter for a whole year plus the whole year of 2022 and not be wrestler of the year in my opinion like you said he's been a part of some of the most marquee must-see moments of wwe within this year he has been amazing character wise like the whole bloodline story overall even before the sammy stuff happened has been great i've really enjoyed the work that the tribal chief has been doing and i am still acknowledging him as the best male wrestler this year yeah, at times I thought it was losing steam and time to take the belt off him. But then when it started to seem that way, uh, the Usos, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Sami Zayn, wh- whoever it was, was able to get our interests back and make them just the top thing in wrestling. Really impressive to do that because it's extremely hard to do. Even some of the best wrestlers, Stone Cold, The Rock, Becky, have lost their interest even when they're doing awesome they're doing stuff because it's going on too long. But Bloodline's just defying the odds. They're still relevant. They're still the hot thing. Um, I tried to make a case for Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins has been incredible this year and really opened my eyes to how legendary he is. But I just, I had to acknowledge the tribal chief. Yeah, I think in-ring-wise, Seth has been top tier. And I think in-ring-wise, you could also argue guys like Will Ospreay and Josh Alexander, who I know are two other guys we have on this list, um, have been excelling in. But yeah, and and same thing with MJF too. You know, he had a great storyline of the hiatus he was taking, the work shoot that they were doing. If MJF truly is all elite, is did he actually walk away from the company and then he came back, had his little 
you know, from his little pipe bomb moment. And, you know, it, it's he had a great year, but he ain't the tribal chief boy. He ain't there yet. And I'll go and present us with the next category, which is best women's wrestler of the year. Now, this one is a little interesting because I don't know about you, Juice, but I honestly don't think of many women outside of the WWE for this one. And I think that I am also going to pick a current women's champion. She is the EST of WWE. Bianca Belair spent most of the year as a champion, as a fighting champion, as a defending champion. She has come through a lot in the year of 2022. There's been a lot that she has faced between people returning, new challengers, old challengers, and yet the EST of WWE proves why she is a mainstay and a draw within the WWE women's division. Mine's Belair too. Kind of hard to argue it. But yeah, you're kind of right too that you can't really talk about people outside WWE too much. Well, on our end, because neither of us watch Stardom. So can't really say any of that, but I'm sure there's plenty because I was looking at the PWI, like the top 200 list and like the top 25 had like 11 people from stardom. It usually does. I feel like every year more and more stardom wrestlers get on there because stardom's just like a five-star match hotbed, but Belair's having a killer year, a true dominant champion. And I think it had to be someone from WWE. It had to be a Belair. Had to be a Becky or Rhea or Mandy. Uh, Jordan Grace had an amazing year in Impact, and Mickey James having a great year and really ending it strong with the last rodeo. But it was the EST was the best, true to the EST moniker. Uh, I think that's almost everyone's pick. Yeah, I would agree with that. And with the end of those two categories, it brings us to the best overall wrestler of the year. And Juice, again, I think this is going to one man. He is our tribal chief, and you must acknowledge him. One's up for Roman Reigns. Yeah, we're making this really easy so far. Uh, yep, it's 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 the tribal chief. It's the Roman Reigns. Who else is it going to be? he's we already said it all we don't really have to say anything with this one right we already covered it and i think going from top stars to breakout stars is only an appropriate transition point as we start going through some of the other categories outside of the main big popular ones and it is breakout star of the year there has been a lot of people i think can be considered for this and i'm sure we'll get to the discussions after we make our decision here but juice i'm going with a left field pick I'm going with somebody who hasn't had that many matches in WWE this year, but when they did, I felt so like proved wrong by this person and juice. I'm going with Logan Paul because he arguably also had Roman Reigns best match of the year. I was a little hooked in that match and Logan Paul has athleticism. He has charisma that is the making for a, for a breakout star, a good WWE superstar. And I feel like if Logan ever decided to, to quit the social media influencer game, he'd have a home right in WWE. Yeah, we definitely haven't seen the last of them. And as much as I don't like the Pauls, uh, I actually don't want to see the last of them because he's just he's been a great wrestler. Uh, awesome. And WWE, that match from Roman Reigns was 
I expected to be entertaining. I did not expect what we got. I did not expect a banger. I did not expect a match that really could be talked about as much of the year. I did not expect it at all. He, the dude just kept breaking my expectations over and over again in just three matches. Um, definitely someone I considered, but that's not who I picked. Uh, I really think about it. I, I changed it way often. Uh, at first, I said Logan Paul. Then I was like, Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan finally getting title in the ladder match. And then I was like, nope, Masha Slamovich. Really, I, I think she is the definitive breakout. She she This was her first year signed to a major company, and she had an undefeated streak and impact, had one of Jordan Grace's best match, well, two best matches of the year, and she had one of the best impact uh matches on tv with ali catch masha slimovich was true breakup but that's not who i picked either who i picked was the acclaimed they're one of the hottest acts in AEW, one of the hottest tag teams in the world um they're selling merch left and right come with coming up with left uh merch ideas left and right uh they're creative they're dynamic they're new they're fresh and also they're i think they're adding creativity and innovation to AEW that I think AEW desperately needs. I think AEW kind of falls into a formula at times. It seems like the only person in the past really trying to break the formula and add more entertainment and not just be sports focused was Jericho. But now I think the claimed also adds that element, but there's still a true AEW team that can go in there and have a banger of a match. So that's my breakout star. Breakout stars, I guess, as I really should say. Yes, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster both are great. Actually, they are my they're my close number two. When I was doing my research, they were the first person that popped into my head, but then I was kind of looking into it and I was like, you know, I I, I liked Logan Pauly too. He was he had a great year, but the acclaimed are incredible. I love that we've had the ability to talk to some former creative pro talent uh within our realm of doing interviews and yeah, you can just tell that Creative Pro makes amazing wrestling characters and amazing wrestlers in general. And like you said, for a program that really focuses on professional wrestling, a little bit more of the athleticism and sport behind sports entertainment, their breath of fresh air in AEW and them and Daddy Ass being together is just beautiful and juice. You know it as well as I do. It's just scissor me, Daddy. But I do want to give one shout out to one particular wrestler, too. Uh, Konsuke, I, I, he came out of nowhere for me. Like Takesha is great, an absolutely stellar wrestler, somebody who I think fits in the AEW roster so well. And seeing that he's moved to America and just knowing that 2023 probably has a whole lot in store for him is so exciting to me. I think that he's a kid that is going to be a breakout star for the wrestling industry to come. And I think, you know, pairing up with guys like Ricky Starks, again, another breakout person for this year. Um, you know, I think those two guys in particular, you know, give them a 15 minute time on TV and people are going to tune in. Definitely a prodigy when it comes to in-ring talent and technical wrestling. I just, well, I need for him to really take a step and be a breakout next year, which I definitely can because you've said it, dude is electric and I'm in the ring. You just give him 15 minutes with the guy a top level guy and he will deliver a great match, but I need, I need character work. I need him to work on um, the other parts of wrestling. And then, which 
he does have a lot of charisma and energy, so I don't see that being an issue with him. Definitely, I look forward to seeing him developing because he's definitely not reached his ceiling, and I don't think he's anywhere close, and he's already really good. <laughs> well, let's take it into the world of coming back in wrestling because while we did just talk about quite a few uh, young stars within the world of professional wrestling, there are also many that made their return this year. I'm going to be honest, in the initial looking into this for 2022, I was like, who came back this year? And I honestly had some trouble really like finding the people. I only really found a handful, but like none of them were too stellar except for really three, three of them. And they were all women. I I think the women really dominated the returns this year. And I'm honestly a little on the fence about this one still. So I'd like to hear who you chose for yours because maybe it might influence my decision. So in each of these, we have a little list just as reference, but um, I really wanted to pick Zoe Stark because I'm a huge Zoe Stark fan in NXT, but that's not who I picked because I can't. She didn't do enough, and um, she really didn't hit her stride until recently, really getting the character work and uh, doing great in Iron Survivor, in my opinion. But my pick's Bailey. Uh, I, I, I was just waiting so long for her to come back. And when she finally did at SummerSlam, I know it's late in the year that she came back, but she's been, she's created like an all woman faction. That's just uh, electric and EO and Dakota. And also she's just having banger. She had banger match with Bianca, had a great match with Lux on TV. Uh, saw the entertaining match with uh, Becky and she's still having program with Becky and she's just so good to Mike and she's got some of the best energy out there and she's just she's Bailey man I love her (laughs) glad she's back so that's my uh, no-brainer pick but my runner-up I think would be Soraya and even though it's just one match I think it's just like she wasn't expected to ever come back and she had a pretty good match and um yeah, definitely someone to look out for, but I think she didn't do much, uh, enough to get the award. Yeah, I would agree with that. And those are the two that I'm really between. Um, Soraya, obviously, for the magnitude of the situation, and Bailey for the amount of wrestling that we've gotten since her return at SummerSlam with her all-women's faction, Damage Control. And Damage Control has been running the women's division, and I think I'm going to have to give it to Bailey as well. Uh, Becky was also one just because of her coming back and going into the War Games match was really unexpected, and also she had a great performance in the War Games match. So, um, you know, I, I think that that would have definitely consecrated a comeback, but I do agree. I do believe it is Bailey. And that kind of brings us into our next award which is the best return or debut of the year and you and i were in agreement on this one that there really were no other things to consider because this man did not necessarily make his in-ring return but rather his return to the world of professional wrestling within world wrestling entertainment and that is bray wyatt who has been nothing but must see tv must see wrestling manga in my opinion yeah there were there were a lot of debuts and returns and WWE, AW, Impact, name the company, but I don't think any of them, any of them came close to topping Bray Wyatt. Even Cody, which I think is a close second, but and as awesome as that was in WrestleMania, let's let us be honest, Bray's and Extreme Rules 
oh, so cool and well done. It's just beautiful. And Bray just takes his time in entrances and his storytelling, his matches. And I'm always patient and wait to see what he has in store for us. Except when it comes to him being uh, not wrestling for like a year, I just wanted him to come back. And when he finally did, I was so happy that we finally have Bray Wyatt, one of the most creative minds in wrestling back. I can't wait to see Wyatt's story. Uh, I know a lot of people are complaining that the LA Knight story is not progressing fast enough, but I'm taking my time and I'm watching the story because that's the point. It's a slow build for Bray, especially Bray. Yeah, and there's little... There's little things that you don't pick on right away that you notice a lot later that there is progress, You but just might not know it's progress. So just wait, stay patient. I think Bray and LA Knight will deliver, even in this Mountain Dew match that they're having. <laughs> the pitch black match. The pitch black Mountain Dew marketing match. But I still think those are two guys that are going to make it work. I can't wait. I'm so glad that Bray Wyatt is back in wrestling. Amazing debut. Couldn't agree more. I do want to give a shout out to Cody as well, as well as the elite. Um, the elite's return coming out to carry on my wayward son was unexpected and really cool. And I think that they are best of seven series with uh, death triangle since coming back from their brawl out uh, situation has been also really great. But of course, we can talk about the great moments of the year, but we would be remiss to not talk about the best match of the year. And there has been quite a few best of the year candidates for matches and juice. I know which one I want to pick, but I'm really curious to hear about yours because I know you're a little bit more expanded in your wrestling uh, vocabulary than I am in terms of what you watch. So curious if you picked anything outside of the big companies for a match. Uh, I, I technically did. I wanted to pick um, a recent match, but I think it was recency bias, so I decided not to. But Josh Alexander and Mike Bailey had an hour-long match on Impact just a couple weeks ago. It wasn't Iron Man. It was just an hour-long match. And I don't know how they kept me invested and not looking at my phone at all, but they did. It was amazing. And it was worked really well. It was just beautiful. But that is not the match I picked. I just really wanted to shout it out. Because it did win Impact's match of the year um, in their own awards. But this is our awards. And my pick is FTR versus the Briscoes at Ring of Honor Supercard. So that's their um, that's their first match. Yeah, that's their first. Oh, wait, no, no, no. My pick, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My pick was their second match, the 2 out 3 falls match at Death by Dishonor and Lowell. Uh, the Supercard match. I think that's most people's pick for the best of the trilogy. And I thought it was an amazing match, but I thought they talked in the second one. I think it's tough, like an hour long match, like that one I was talking about with Mike Bale and Josh Alexander. I think it's two out of three falls. It's hard to pe- keep people invested, but my eyes were glued to the screen. I was watching it at like a, a bar with a bunch of other people. It was like a screening thing, but still like, uh, no one was really making noise. We were all just glued to the screen and just really invested in the match. And it was a beautiful match with uh, four of the best tag team wrestlers to ever do it. Yeah, though, though their whole sequence of matches are definitely all up there for me, but I love big meaty men slapping meat. And Sheamus versus Gunther from Clash of the Castle is a 
classic from how good the crowd was, how good the action was, and how good both guys were in their roles. I I think that that's a match that's going to hold up in history as not only Sheamus's like one of Sheamus's defining moments as a wrestler because Sheamus honestly doesn't get the credit that he deserves or how good he's always been over these past like 10 15 years but also a match that solidifies Gunter as a dominant intercontinental champion somebody who takes on a former world champions and can easily beat them with just one move just one big powerful blow because that's my boy Gunter and I also want to give a shout out to him for having an amazing year and I think that that caps it off with him and Sheamus winning my match of the year That's fair. I mean, that's a physical brawl is usually my type match. But the thing is, I still want with a physical brawl. I just want tag team wrestling because tag team wrestling has a place in my heart. And uh, they really put on a classic that I'll never forget. But um, Sheamus and Gunther, definitely, I think that's probably my top three. I think so. Top three or four is definitely up there. and Definitely one I thought about picking, too. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to Cody versus Seth because that reveal alone of Cody's injury was was gruesome and that match overall was so well worked and just a masterclass of wrestling psychology there. And also uh, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door because my God, was that such an unexpected classic match. You get the serious character in Osprey and the not serious character in Orange Cassidy. But we all know that Orange Cassidy has that extra gear he can turn it into when he gets a serious, good wrestling opponent. And I think that they both brought the best out of each other in that match. Definitely one that surprised me. And that was my match of the night, I think. And wow, that was a great event, which leads us to our next award. That was a great pay-per-view. Uh, pay-per-view of the year. Uh, this is this is a really tough one for me to pick. There's so many great. I almost chose Survivor Series because that was near to me because me and you will both went there. Had a great time. But I ended up picking WrestleMania 38 Night 1. Uh, the return of Stone Cold, turn of Cody, uh, Bianca versus Becky. It That was just a, that was a magnificent card. And it I think it stood up for the rest of the year because that was in April early in the year. And it just stood up, I think, the entire year. I, I couldn't agree more I, from the returns to the debuts. It was stellar and the crowd was great for it too. That's, that's another thing I feel like when you have to judge a pay-per-view of the year is how good the crowd reacts to it. And that's why I think clash of the castle is a very close second for me, because that was also one of, if not the first triple H pay-per-view we got, if I'm correct. And everybody on that card delivered every match was great. And you know, I, I'm still in favor that Drew McIntyre probably should have won the title there, but I'm not going to let that affect the fact that it was a great pay-per-view overall. And also, like we just shouted out, Forbidden Door was great uh, just for the momentous occasion that it was. And like I said, it brought us that OC and Osprey match, which I thought was a classic. Bam. A revolution, too, was a, a revolutionary match. I mean, pay-per-view, not match. Had quite a few revolution matches, though, and Wardlow finally turning on MJF during the MJF Punk match, which was a beautiful match. We had Mox and Danielson fighting in a brutal affair, and then the reveal of William Regal and AEW Swerve signed in that event. A lot of of greatness from that pay-per-view, too. 
Well, we're talking about greatness and we can talk about moment of the year. The, there are so many great moments to think of this year. Like there's a few that I'm thinking for recency bias's sake, but then there's some where I'm just like, well, that was important to storylines. That was important to the year of wrestling. That was important to this, important to that. But <laughs> I'm going to go like, I'm going to go with one that I just personally think is funny. Like, I, I don't think it was significant more than it was funny. But just Sami Zayn in the bloodline cutting the promo about, Jay, about Jay's loyalty. <laughs> Sami Zayn just goes, he wasn't feeling very oozy. And just watching the bloodline, every single person in that ring just not try to laugh because Sammy, his delivery, his follow-up, how he just kept everybody in line, that just made that an all-time classic segment for me. And the fact that they got T-shirts out of it, Usi chance, Sammy Uso, Sammy Usi coming out. And now whenever anybody's loyalty in the bloodlines question, they just get questioned for being Usi. That's that makes a moment of the year for me, Juice. That's fair. And I almost cheated and picked a brawl out, which isn't, but I can't do that because it's not a storyline moment. That's 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 real. That's something that actually happened. So moment of the year definitely is more storyline related. Uh, I wanted to cheat and use a return like Cody or Braze, but I'm like, no, I gotta do an actual like moment or a spot in a match or something like that. I think I'm going with MJF's pipe bomb promo. Uh, that was just so well done. This is dude that just tops himself every time he does a promo, just about. But I think that's the one promo that he wasn't able to top after, even though he still had so many good ones. Um, and there's, I, I thought about choosing Usi because Sami Zayn has a clue, uh, just a spot close to my heart. I even thought about choosing Ricky Stark's response to MJF. I thought that was just a masterful promo, but also I think people forget that MJF letting him go off also speaks volumes. Like he sat there like a real pro. He didn't interject and say, it doesn't matter what you think or what he let Ricky starts Starks go off. And that's a sign of a true pro. And I almost chose it because of that, but I'm like, if I'm going to choose that, I might as well just choose the pipe bomb because that's actually MJF going off and not just him letting someone go off. So the pipe bomb for me. I think that's well-deserved too. And I also want to give a shout out to John Moxley returning because that happened early in the year of 2022 and his return promo, just telling I got to fuck off. That was awesome. So awesome because that's just fucking Mox, man. And you just know he put in the work to to battle his demons and he has had a stellar year as well. And I also want to give shout out just so again to a very funny moment, just so unexpected. I'm still going to question this. Why? Why? First off, why is my question about Brock Lesnar coming to the ring in a tractor and like disrupting the ring with a fucking tractor? <laughs> It's just so silly, but it makes so much sense. That's honestly my favorite moment in a match. I thought about Matt moments in the match to pick. I thought about that, him just pushing the ring and lifting the ring up with a tractor. And I also thought of Logan Paul, like 
<laughs> video recording himself doing a splash on an announcer table. Those moments I will just never forget. They're just stuck in my mind. But Brock and just his big smile as he's doing it. That, oh, Cowboy Brock's the man. I do need me some more Cowboy Brock going into 2023. That's for sure. But Brock Lesnar is not part of a tag team. And now we are turning our focus to tag teams as we say our tag team of the year. And I think that there are so many great tag teams, but the one that I'm going to go with is seven star FTR because they held so many championships and so many different promotions had so many great matches across so many different promotions. You just can't say there's a better team on this planet right now than FTR granted what you think about them personally, especially about some more recent things like Dax Hardwood's uh, podcast that he's had come out, but I FTR are incredible. They are the greatest tag team in the world right now, in my opinion. And I think that we're going to remember their 2022 for a lot of years to come. Yeah. They had a momentous year winning three titles and just putting on banger after banger. And yeah, FTR is my pick too. I think that's, I'm not going to say easy, but it was a, I didn't hesitate. It was my pick going right off the bat, but then I'm like, you know, acclaimed and Usos and Morrison machine guns. They definitely had amazing years too and can't be neglected, but I think it's just FTR with Usos a close second and probably acclaimed right after that. And then Swerve in Your Glory, even though it was just a really the, it was kind of just a storyline, just the start a feud between them, but build like animosity, like, be friends and then that type of feud, but it was still a great tag team. And same thing with um, Jurassic Express. They had a great year too. I think people forget that because they got split up in like July, but um, June, probably earlier than that July, but still they had a great year. I mean, they were the champs, right? They were champs for like six months of the year and they had some great matches too that people kind of forget about. That's actually very true too. Um, I Jurassic Express, I don't know. I, I liked them, but I was never fully sold on them. But I think everything you just presented as arguments for everybody else that we listed is, is very valid. And of course, a lot of these tag teams find themselves in some factions as well, too. And faction of the year, Juice, this one's a no-brainer for me. It's part of the reason why Roman Reigns is our wrestler of the year. It's part of the reason why the Usos are considered one of the best tag teams of the year. It's the bloodline anchored by Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa. They are just on fire right now. They are arguably the best thing in wrestling right now. I can't argue with that. I I can't think of another faction that was on their level. If it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, can't think of it. Especially AEW, New Japan, they have 5 billion factions, but none came close to the bloodline. Uh, United Empire and New Japan, led by Osprey, great year, but not to the level of the bloodline. We, the ones, they truly are, acknowledge the tribal chief. We, the ones, yeah, it. It's easy. It's easy. That's them. But um, I do want to say that a, a faction that the lookout for next year that just got formed because um, an impact, the design, which came, it's a kind of spinoff of Violent by Design, but it's Cody Diener's new faction with uh, Alan Angels from Dark Order and with Khan of um, 
oh, what's the tag team he was in in uh, WWE? Um, him and Victor, the Ascension. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was Connor, and now he's called Con. Um, three of them, and they, uh, they can talk. Their storytelling's great. Alan Angels is extremely underrated wrestler. One of the best guys in the Indies. I love going to shows and seeing him on cards. I get really excited to see him live because he's just so good. And I, I love that he's finally getting spotlight. But um, he had one of my favorite just spots. Finally, AW is known for taking shots at AW, but Alan Angels said, Hey, I'm gonna take a shot at AW. Who's like, I was stuck in a background in a stupid faction that had no goals. It just and all I did was just put on some stupid hand gesture. <laughs> I loved it. He just went off on the dark order <laughs> his booking. And I loved it, man. I can't wait for more stuff like that from him and Diener and Diener's just on a roll. I mean, dude just murdered Eric Young on TV. Oh, the designs one to look out for next year. Bloodline better watch out, especially if Bloodline breaks up. But um Bloodline was the easy pick for 2022. Yeah, I also just want to give a shout out to the Blackpool Combat Club because it, we said it at some point too that they were the best thing going in AEW and they were the best thing in wrestling at some point when the Bloodline was having a little bit of a down period and just the members of it, the creation of it, how everybody got initiated by William Regal was just beautiful. Yeah, and um, I also want to shoot a, a shout out Imperium who's just... I love the three of them together. I'm glad that they got back on the main roster very quickly together. And also I want to shout out a team that um, had a really, not the year I expected, but now at the end of the year, they're back. And I think they're prime for a huge 2023 and is another team that I think could dominate. And it's house of black house of black, man. I'm all in the house of black, make them dominate everyone. I love their new, not new, but uh, it still feel, it feels reinvigorated it feels new it's the same image it just feels like they're really getting darker and really getting to the roots and I, i'm really excited for it it's one of the things i'm excited most for in aw just the four of them yes and with in-ring action of course we have to consider the people that grace us every week with their voice over broadcasts and we want to talk this time about the commentator of the year and although he didn't finish the year of 2022 with WWE, I juice am still going to say that Pat McAfee is my commentator of the year because as we did it with our fantasy roster booking, he would be somebody definitely on my commentary team. He made some of those moments even greater when he donned Brock Lesnar as being the alpha male of our species. It like for some reason really made me sold on Brock Lesnar again. Like I was like, yeah, like he is the alpha male of our species. Like, fuck yeah, he is. And, you know, just his little quips he would say for certain wrestlers when they came out just made it feel more, I don't know, like I, I felt more like I was I was chatting with one of my buddies and we were watching wrestling and, you know, Pat McAfee brings that energy and in a world of sports where people like that thrive, I mean, I just think Pat McAfee is honestly missed in WWE programming right now. Amazing pick. He's tied for my favorite commentator right now and uh, percy's tied with the person i choose now when mcafee steps away for college game day you better pick someone on that the pair with michael cole that has the same energy that has the same moments that can say funny stuff someone who's just amazing commentator it's wade barrett baby and that's my pick 
Wade Barrett had a hell of a year, not just in the main roster when he had the step up on SmackDown, but also in NXT. Dude's just so funny. Like some of his spots, I remember when he got to the main roster in LA Knight, decided to go back to being LA Knight and was no longer Master P. And Wade Barrett says, I knew it. I knew it I was LA Knight the whole time. Or him just simping over Mandy Rose on NXT all the time. He's like, oh, I tried. I sent them roses for Valentine's Day. I love Toxic Attraction. And just like simping over them all the time. And uh, he brought out the best of Vic Joseph, too, who I really, I think is underrated play-by-play, who adds humor in a way that most play-by-play guys don't and um, has great banter with whoever he's with. And I think is extremely underrated. And Excalibur is another play-by-play guy who's just really good with banter and can create chemistry with whoever is on his booth. And I think, I mean, that's a guy I think when PWIs like come to your multiple times and the, the very young duration of AW. And he's a guy who definitely deserves it. But I think there's no brainers. My boy, Wade. Um, I almost picked McAfee, but I knew you would. So I'm like, I just want both of these guys represented. <laughs> and represented they are. And Wade Barrett was a very close second for me as well. I, I definitely have been enjoying hearing him on WWE programming. And of course, Excalibur 2 is the man with a mask. And it was donned by somebody who was one of the better managers of the year. And we'll focus that into manager of the year award. And Juice, I I actually am going to go against my gut feeling here. Speaking of the man who donned Excalibur as the man with a mask, and I'm going to go with William Regal as manager of the year because, my God, did William Regal find himself a faction that did so well, and he managed them so well. Guys like Wheeler, guys like Danielson and Moxley who needed somebody to slap him in the face, literally. He was that. He was entertaining. I still wish that he didn't end the way that he ended his 2022 with MJF turning turning on the on the Blackpool Combat Club, then turning on MJF, then MJF turning on him. It was a little confusing, I won't lie, but I'm not going to let the ending of William Regal's tenure at AEW be the reason why I don't pick him for manager of the year, especially when he was so great. That's fair. And um, actually... I originally picked Stokely Hathaway, but I'm changing the William Regal off the cuff because I'm really thinking about it. And the dude did so many really huge things that even most of the time managers don't do in a given year that is a top year for a manager. I mean, the way he enhanced his talent on commentary and the way he interacted with Excalibur, just hitting on him all the time, just cracked me up. And um, he also brought out one of the best promos on MGF and them going back and forth was incredible. And the way he really lifted everyone he worked with, not even just BCC and MGF, but even people that they BCC feuded with even Jer- the JAS, just any, he, he understands wrestling and wrestling psychology in a way that very few do even some of the greatest of all times. I think William Regal, debatably has one of one of the greatest minds and you could even argue that he has the greatest mind for wrestling guy's a genius and definitely uh, there's a reason AEW want him and ww want him back because he's a hot commodity he's important um Heyman always good but i don't think he did anything to really stand above regal but Heyman's one of the gr- 
one of the GOAT managers of all time. Another guy, Gato. I think Gato had a great year at New Japan, but he always does. He's also a legend. I think him and Heyman, they stand with Heenan. Like, they're that level caliber. So I'm giving it the regal here. Uh, Don Cost is great, but Penny was on the shelf, so so was Callis for most of the year. Uh, Penny Cutler always cracks me up. He doesn't really do much talking. Uh, Hathaway and Mark Sterling definitely wanted to shout him out. House Hathaway was almost my pick because I'm um, managed Jade. He's managing um, the firm and Ethan, and he just has he's becoming a meme. <laughs> he has so many memes right now. He's just every week, every time he talks, there's a new meme or GIF because uh, that dude's just a gem. That the soundbite gem. And Mark Sterling is just uh, I, I love seeing him just get beat up. I don't know. He's he's the manager I think sells the best. <laughs> and I just love his uh, moments on BT, just his law ads and everything, man. Mark Sterling's one of my favorites to see in the indies. And I, when I met him in person, I like I, I geeked out. I was like, ah, oh, I love him. <laughs> I don't blame you. I really don't. Yeah, both those guys too deserve their flowers. They had a great year this year too. And talking more about the best things that happened this year we are going to be awarding the best storyline of the year and juice the bloodline is just sweeping this whole competition right now and it's not going to stop right now because i am picking sammy Zayn becoming sammy uso being the storyline of the year because my god has it been great television <laughs> yeah i i i tried to rationalize picking something else i rest i tried rationalizing mgf versus tony cotton and aw or mgf versus punk I tried rationalizing uh impact josh alexander's rise back to the top after his 10 second title reign and finally getting revenge on moose for putting his family in danger i tried rationalizing that which i think is my close second but now it's bloodline and sammy because they're doing things that's really innovative and new like we've seen guys uh, trying, you know, getting back to the top after having a short reign and getting revenge and fighting for the family. We've seen that before. I mean, but the stuff that Bloodline Sami Zayn are doing, we haven't. Um, it's new and fresh. And also the little nuances they do in everything, kind of hinting at things and hinting in things in so many different directions and really creating so many possibilities every time they talk and just the tree. The tree, the tree and the branches keep getting bigger and keep expanding. And it's crazy. And it's storytelling and writing at just the highest of levels. It's it's definitely the easy pick for me and and you. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. Like there's the there's the way of solo and Sammy potentially turning, the whole group turning on Sammy themselves, the whole group turning on Sammy, then Sammy turns to Kevin Owens, or Kevin Owens being the reason why Sammy Zayn is the reason like that that turns. Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens becoming tag team champions after this all. Sammy Zayn becoming a world champion after this all. Like it just can go in so many directions and all of them just sound great. Like there's just I mean I'm sure that there's bad scenarios like you know if if I don't know if solo Sokoa you know killed Sami Zayn and then that's it Sami Zayn's gone you know see ya I know that's a bad ending to the storyline but I don't think they'd ever do that because they know what they have and yeah I this just no doubt um I know we talked about a little bit before too but I also want to credit the, the creation of the Backpool Combat Club because I love the way that it happened 
um, you know, Moxley saying, I don't tag with anybody I don't bleed with, and then going out and having a banger with Danielson that ends with Regal slapping them both in the face, and then they shake hands, and then Claudio joining, Wheeler joining, all of them winning gold. You know, that's just great. Such a great moment. But this brings us juice to our last of the year, and we go from things being serious to things being funny again, because we are awarding for the last award here tonight, the best comedy wrestler or group in professional wrestling. And I am picking somebody who I am freshly aware of, somebody who I knew existed on the indies for a little while, but it wasn't until their AEW debut that I truly knew how much chops this guy had. He is also the top-selling merch person from Pro Wrestling Tees this year, beating out CM Punk. He is very nice, very evil. He is Dan Housen. That's fair. Dan Housen's a man. Um not many are funnier than him and he's a personal favorite of mine but i'm picking maximum male models it's mainly it's mainly because of their um wwe like every every thursday they have a youtube like five minute show like three the six minute like little mini show that goes on and I've been watching it, and it came out a couple months ago. And every week they put it on, and it cracks me up. It's it's our truth, funny level stuff. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't. And anybody listening, uh, it's so good. Mansoor is extremely talented. He's a guy I always am in the corner of. I think he's an underrated talent. And um, Bernard Williams or Masse Mace, whatever you want to call him, also just hilarious. And uh, Maxine Dupree is also really kind of she cracks me up too and i think she can really be a great manager i want to see them have a little i don't want to say serious side but just get more tv matches and maybe win matches and funny like creative ways because they totally could um but you know they're they're looking the youtube show is about them finding the next maximum male model <laughs> and it's been a fun ride and I can't wait to see what more in store. But every time they're on TV, they crack me up too. Like when LA Knight attacked them, when they tried to set the Canadian uh, longest pose record and just get attacked and everyone's like trying to mess with them throughout the show. And they're just perfectly still. Maxine's is with a timer. I don't know. They crack me up. I know a lot of people are very critical of them. And then, and then they started to warm up to them or people saw the show and they're like, oh, now I like them. They're so funny. Literally the second they were formed, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Because I knew it was going to be a comedy. And I know how funny that Brennan Williams and Mansoor are because they're great friends. I remember just watching them on um, Watch Along on YouTube, just watching pay-per-views. And they would come in and just like steal the whole thing. Like it would be hosted by Pat McAfee. There'd be like 15 wrestlers in the room watching it. And the, I just gravitate to the two of them and their banter because they are funny guys. And I even think Masse and commentary – when he was shortlist in commentary, he didn't really say much. I think that was the issue. But when he talked, he he just cracked me up. He just had really funny uh, things. And it was Vince McMahon talking to his ear, but he delivered well. But um, yeah, they're a funny act. And definitely, I want to see them on my TV more often and not just have to go to YouTube to watch their show to really get my maximum male models fix. All right. I definitely am going to check that out as somebody who loves watching things on YouTube. That is for sure. And Juice, with that last entry, that wraps up this year's KG Awards. 
I think that 2022 was a great year for professional wrestling. Very excited to see what 2023 brings. And yeah, I am just happy with the world of wrestling coming out of 2022, both professionally and indie wise too. Yeah. Um, we didn't really focus on indies all. I think that's just tough. We'd have to do another, we would have to do another thing for that, but yeah, so much great things going on in the indies too. Um, definitely, you know, watch our promotions that we talk about all the time, but also go to shows near you. If you're not in the area of new England, like we are, and you're not in Vegas, like where I was and can't watch FSW or you can't watch chaotic in new England. Definitely, you know, go find your shows and tell us about them, put them on our uh, radar. Cause we definitely would like to learn about it. Yes. And you can do that on social media and juice where can the people let us know not only about the indies near them, but their personal thoughts on our 2023 awards. 2022 awards. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can go to Twitter and you put the caps locks on and uh, you go T O T C underscore capital P. Because the underscore turn that caps lock off, and then you go O D Instagram T O T C underscore P O D all lowercase because Instagram just Instagram doesn't let you do otherwise. So deal with it, deal with it. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map. On this episode of Top of the Cage, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify and you do not leave us a five-star review, that means that you, specifically you, that person that leaving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. And again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And we will catch you next time.